Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome back, my kindred, to Blood and Syrup, a Vampire the Masquerade live play podcast. I am Sylvania Dracul, your host through this world of darkness. After the recent adventures, Barty trapped the coterie in the office doing paperwork. Everett confirmed that Harvey was brought into town by Tostarosa as a threat. Evangeline's relationship with her husband deteriorated further, and Val's attempt to help only made things worse. And Doris drew several pictures as she refused to use a computer. What will happen now that Evangeline has lost enough humanity to no longer appear alive? Abandon hope, all ye who listen here. Evangeline. As you stare into your reflection in the mirror and watch the blood recede from the skin of your face, and when you look down at your hands, you see the same thing. You are seeing the pale, alabaster, dead flesh of a vampire instead of the warm, we're going to say pinkish because skin tones are all over the place, the warm skin tone uh, of your regular body. And you realize that through making this decision, you've taken one step closer to being a vampire. (laughs) Mechanically, this means you have gone from being humanity level nine, where you look like a person, to humanity level eight, where you, if you want to appear fully human, will now have to use the blush of life, as it is called. You get to roll two (sighs) dice for the rouse check, so you have the advantage there of it being less likely to cost you things. But the blush of life means for a scene, you can appear to be mortal. You will do all of the regular mortal things. Uh, I've mentioned before with the children of Lilith and other cultists, the idea of breathing or blinking or those habits are things generally vampires have to train out of themselves or have lived hundreds of years to stop doing. You're just so used to it that it's not going to be that when people look at you, they just see a dead person. It's Mm -hmm. just there's something not quite right that can be spotted over time. So kind of like live in a zombie. Yes, that is a that is a good comparison. Perfect. Uh, only slightly more people <laughs> reacting as though it's the uncanny valley instead of just yeah. uh, as some something along those lines. This is a change that for you is instantaneous. 
but much like Everett's tan, will only get spotted by other people in the room when they deal with you more significantly. For example, gotcha. you are, I believe you were kind of pale to begin with, or were you the yeah. tanned weather person? No, I was fairly, yeah. I, I wore lots of sunscreen. Fair enough and a healthy choice that we should all make, says the Irish storyteller. Um, but you are at your desk. This conflict has happened. Everyone has returned to incredibly uncomfortable paperwork. And you spend the rest of your night doing paperwork. That's it. You have a lot to record from a tremendous amount. The sheer amount of paperwork done when a police officer fires their gun once in any sort of legitimate state where it's not <laughs> a cab land. But let's just... New Haven is the one place where, I don't know, the cops ate somebody on day one. It's a realistic representation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're, all, you're all doing what you're doing. Uh, Doris, yes. as the day is winding down, mm -hmm. you have your third animal drawing and the third question to ask Everett about how to improve your drawing. Of an animal or something. It's kind of been an animal theme, but I'm, I'm willing to bet Doris is unpredictable. What is that question? I need it for my soul after all the humanity loss. <laughs> um... It's a line of five ants um, dancing underwater. And what do you need from Everett to help you <laughs> nail down the final detail? Um, um, I think she would again turn to him and say, Mr. Fry. <laughs> yes, Officer Barbara. You've been very helpful to me so far, sir. So I just have one more question for you. Sure. And she'll hold up this picture of the dancing ants underwater and just say, uh, what genre of music do you think they're dancing to? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Doris, you are completing paperwork, right? Of course I am. And she kind of like, been answering all my questions, says Troy beside her, just filling out paperwork after paperwork. I'm nothing but not thorough, sir. Great. Uh, <laughs> oh, you, you, you crushed five spiders into tubes? Yes. Okay, okay. How had the spiders committed a crime D of existing? Troy. Noted, noted. And Troy just keeps going because he's still trying to figure out the hierarchy of what animals Doris has to protect and what not. So spiders are out. And then uh, he's just back to work. I don't know. Doris, uh, what kind of music do you like? I've never been asked that before. I've never been asked uh, what music these ants would, would dance to. So there, there you go. Ska. You... Skull. It's very cherry. You like skull. It keeps the screams away. What? Mm, all right. Uh, <laughs> skull. Uh, well, then let's. Uh, you know what? I. I'm I'm kind of partial to uh, some country music myself. Uh, let's say they're dancing to. Skull Country Fusion. How about that? And she gets this like horrified look on her face. <laughs> like you've just like killed a puppy. And she looks down in her drawing and she's and she says, uh perhaps my tarot reading was very wrong. Very wrong indeed. Maybe. I I, I don't know. 
All will be revealed in time, Mr. Fry. I'm sure it will. I'm going to get back and, to work now. And she rips the page in half. Why? Well, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> Everett just constantly telling himself not to ask the question if he's so afraid of what the answer might be to just don't don't ask to begin with. Alrighty. As the as the the night starts to dwindle towards the end, you're all reviewing your files and you're realizing. I mean, not Doris. She's uh, she's reviewing Marjorie's notes on magic because Ooh, yeah. much much more interesting uh, <laughs> to her than the poor paperwork Troy has been filing, oh, yeah. including way too much detail about what Doris did each day. <laughs> um, you are all realizing exactly how much you've gone through uh, and and what has occurred. And so I'm doing an adapted version of giving you guys experience because I think you should Im- improve mm. and gain new skills over the course of your journey. So I'm going to give you specialties, which are the things that add one die to a roll. So Val, you gain a specialty for being a looming threat. There were so many times where you stood over someone's shoulder and just flexed. <laughs> yes. And I think that's a special kind of intimidation as you grow more and more inhuman. That's something where when you are being a looming threat over someone's shoulder, you can add another die roll to any attempt to intimidate. You don't got to talk. You're just scary <laughs> to begin with. Everett, I'm giving you a broader specialty. So we'll see how it goes in terms of abuse, <laughs> but I feel like it's true. Uh, impossible odds. You fell out of a helicopter in daylight and didn't die. You right. met a gang of werewolves who then fed you another vampire. You survived an insane Tostarosa adventure along with everything in Montreal. So if you are facing impossible odds, you can add just a die roll because somehow you won all your social combats too. <laughs> so it's just like he's lucky more so than anything else. Okay. Evangeline, you took a step away from the truth and a step towards the darkness. However, until this point, you had been making lies of omission, just hoping to leave things out and people wouldn't notice, and that hasn't worked, which means you will now have a specialty in deception. You are learning that you cannot lie by leaving things out. You have to cover the truth, blend it with things, keep it there. So anytime you are working to deceive someone, specifically, we will give you an additional die uh, for for your specialty. Also, because you're just more comfortable with the immorality of it. Doris, we're going to roll for yours. So you are studying the notes from these elaborate runes. Mm -hmm. I would accept uh, wits if you're trusting your gut, intelligence if you're trying to to work intellectually in the search uh, for what you were looking for. Um, Yeah, probably either of those. And then either a cult or you could roll your blood sorcery. Um... Oh, no, I'll roll a cult for sure, because I have a specialty in blood magic in a cult, and um, I'll go intelligence plus a cult. Great. So you're actually mathing this out. A lot of the time, Doris trusts her gut to find answers for her, but mm-hmm. this is fucking magic. This is runes. This is all of those things. You're diving in quite carefully. Yeah. Cool. All right. Oh, and don't I... Oh, no, this isn't a blood... Magic. Uh, I would say if you want to rouse to to surge for this, that would be a good moment to do so. Because I still have the the fear blood, right? So Correct. like, so you could surge. You've got. So we talked about this way back when. This was in the beginning that Doris was doing experiments into the blood of people who are afraid. So if mm-hmm. she drinks from someone who is afraid, she gets plus one to blood sorcery until she uses that blood. And she did drink from the man in the box who was never named, who she let go. 
So I said, <laughs> she's got that stored in her system and can be used. So Doris, you could actually surge, which would give you plus one to intelligence and burn that blood to give you two bonus die to this roll. Holy shit. So yeah, I rolled a 10 on my rouse check. Great. So you keep, you keep the blood. So you still have plus one bonus to something else because spooky blood's still in you. Okay. Uh, it's just so, powering you. So you get to add two dice to this roll. Four. Uh, okay, so I'm rolling nine dice. Um, and you've got one hunger die in there because yeah. everybody does. Yep. Okay. Uh, here we go. All right. Mm-hmm. Two, three, four, four. Four. Decent. Decent. Any tens, any ones in there? Uh, yes, one ten and one one. Ah, that won't help you at all, but that's still perfect. So four. All righty. You can't actually put together what the whole purpose of this rune structure was for. You feel like you're missing clues. It's not because you didn't get the full drawing. Marjorie did surprisingly accurate drawings. You're very impressed, as you've always been with Marjorie's work. She seems like a crazy person no one else would trust. I don't know if Doris is aware of that, but the rest no. of us are. She's, she's very just normal. very knowledgeable. So you can't solve this. You will be able to keep these drawings. And then as you learn more magic over time, you may be able to piece together more of what they were. But you do learn a new spell for yourself. You learn how to craft a bloodstone. Ooh. Okay. What does that so do? It is a tracker magic. So it is a magical tracker that you always know the direction towards as well as the general distance to. So a lot of the Camarilla who've shifted to modern technology don't bother with this anymore, but this is perfect for you because it's a GPS beacon that you can always find. Oh, and it's not technology. So basically, like, it's the kind of thing where, like, I have to slip it in someone's pocket and then I can always find them kind of thing. Exactly. So how it works is it's a pebble of iron or a small magnet, and then you have to basically... What is it? You spill your blood into a bowl, recite a chant over it for an hour. You repeat that for two nights and the pebble or magnet absorbs the blood over three nights. Upon successful completion, uh, the liquid appears translucent, Uh, but you make a ritual roll at the end of the third night. On a win, uh, you get a bloodstone. I'm going to, because we don't want to spend every night trying to math out exactly what magic you're doing. I'm going to say you get two of those a week. Cool. Two bloodstones a week? Two bloodstones a week. And for the sake of spider stuff, because again... We know that you have the hour before sunrise that mm-hmm. you use uh, for for tarot readings and other things. I would say there's just a potion kit in your room where you can just keep things brewing. So two bloodstones a week, and you'll have one of those spider potions in your hat every night that you can use, unless you're going on a specific mission or something where you want to flag that you made extra. Because yep. then we can just say that it took extra time, but we will always assume it's just like it's on your... I, I, I want I want to say utility belt, but it's in your I utility. I want hat. you to say it too. <laughs> your utility hat is okay, where you don't. keep uh, you keep those on an ongoing basis. Cool, Everett. Hope you're ready to wear one of those in your pocket at all times, buddy. Sounds like I'm not going to have a choice. You're not. <laughs> <Even> <laughs> <know about it. laughs> yeah, I mean, also no one else necessarily knows that you figured this out unless you tell them. Do you tell them anything about the magic you're working on? think she would have no reason to lie she's very straightforward um well um, then you've just solved a big mystery while sitting in a room with the (laughs) the rest of the crew um yeah so i think i think her head would pop up and she would just say bloodstones yes mr fry (laughs) yes officer barbara i'm pleased to report that we're never going to lose you again, sir. 
Uh, good, good. That that's good. Thank the you. Blood, the bloodstones will work with that. Good. Yes, the the bloodstones. Right. I can what tell from your voice that you don't believe me. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> right. Well, these runes that we found at the scene where that body without the skin, you remember the body without the skin. Right. Yes. yes. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, I've been working on them and my notes and my doodles and I've discovered a spell to make what's called the bloodstone and um it means that I can put it in a pocket and track <laughs> <laughs> Take that back. <laughs> <laughs> it's Claire breaking herself. I'm living for this. <laughs> so good. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. Also, Laura, Del, feel free to laugh out loud just so that oh it's not uh, just us on air. It hurts. It hurts. I'm like in pain. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, uh, you can put them in a pocket, sir, and then I can find you in a way that is non-evil with technology. It's like a GPS, but for me. So it's it's a way for you to keep track of where I am. Or anyone, sir. Whoever has the, the stone. Is that yes. the idea? Indeed. Well, I mean, I've seen how effective you are interrogating folks. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Hand it over. Well, I have to make them, sir. But bloodstones are the key. There's also more, but I I don't have enough information, so we're going to go hunting for clues. Well, that sounds like some real police work there. That sounds good. Uh, great. You uh, let me know when the bloodstone is uh, ready to go. I guess you can put it in your shoe. <laughs> I'll probably just put it in my my pocket. Right. And the clock on the wall dings. Because it is the end of the night, you have all done your paperwork, you've all gotten rid of or, or, or accepted your stains on who you are, uh, willpower damage has been fully healed, if anybody had any resounding willpower damage, all of the physical damage has been healed, I don't know if we said this explicitly on air, but all of the flesh crafting that Everett did sped things up due to a large amount of blood and real spooky magic, uh, I'll tell you right now, off screen, Getting healed was an absolute horror show for Everett that he's just not talking about. And that's <laughs> that's fine. So you all get ready to go home. Doris, you're already home, so you can go upstairs and I guess begin your work for your your bloodstones. So you will have your your first two by the end of the week. I also uh, think that she's like writing a list of things. Uh, of ways that she wants to defeat the pyramid who are currently in town. Uh and like Burned down building has been scratched off with a sad face next to it um, because she's been explicitly told that she can't do that. Um, so that's <laughs> on her agenda tomorrow to talk to Everett about. Oh, great. I'm, I'm going to make a note of that too. Pyramid agenda. <laughs> that's very good. There is a car ride home for Val and Evangeline. Evangeline who faced conflict at work. Val who tried to help and openly made things worse. Yeah. Val, can you roll me a wits and awareness? Yes, I can. I got two successes. 
two successes. This is enough for you to notice that Evangeline does mm-hmm. not currently have the blush of life that she normally does. She looks like a vampire. It is oh, a wow. thing that has changed. If it was anyone else on two successes, they wouldn't, but you've had the longest bit of exposure to her. So that's why right. you can spot this uh, as you ride back with Percy. Does Percy have a seatbelt? Is Percy a backseat dog? Val, how do you feel about Percy in the car? What's the accepted Percy phenomena in Cherry? So the the dog in the car is fine. It's the really the interior of the car is done so it can handle splash damage of any kind. So for early little bit, it's not it's not a problem in that in that way that you would think most car people would be. It's meant to to be able to take that kind of stuff because Val has gotten into this car very bloody many times. <laughs> Valid. All right. So then you've got this conversation on your your short drive home. Oh, it's it's quiet for a while. It seems. <laughs> Evangeline's looking ahead, just casually scratching Percy's head. So I guess there's no conversation until Val stops the car and pulls up to Evangeline's house. And then it's just, if you need anything, you can like call me. Uh, Need anything like what? I don't fucking know. Like, if you need to not be at home or talk about something painful to say. Um. Yeah, okay. Okay. Not gonna point out that Evangeline looks like shit. Not nah, good. Just filing all these things away. Also, Evangeline is like not getting out of the car. Okay, so she's just gonna sit. They're sitting. The radio is on, just very I was low. Say, knowing Val has the tape decks in the car, so this is a selected piece of music. <laughs> what is Val playing over this incredibly awkward silence? Yeah, I think I think there is the very low rumble of Metallica's one, just. <laughs> Very quietly pittering away underneath the awkwardness. It's like darkness enveloping me. All that I see, (laughs) absolute horror. This is the two of you. I got. I got nothing. Let's just see what happens. Do you do you not want to go home? I mean, I kind of want to get into my own bed. You know. Take a shower. Be alone. I just kind of want to be alone, you know? Yeah, I get it. Do you want me to kidnap Teddy? Would that help? No. I mean, that's, that's I guess that's that's nice for you to offer. Uh, mm-hmm. But, uh, Cause like he hasn't really done anything like really wrong, you know, like. Yeah. And it can still be fucking annoying. I get it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's as much as Evangeline wants to talk about anything right now. So she just uh, opens the car door. Like, come on, Percy. And that's it. 
Yep. See you tomorrow. And you get out to go into the house, and the garage door opens because it's daytime. And Teddy Teddy pulls out in the banged up car. Doesn't look day, at you. Wait, Evangeline. daytime. Well, it's closing in on. He's he's got his day shift, so he's got to get out oh. of there to to make things work around his regular work time because you guys work okay. opposite schedules. It's not daytime. <laughs> so it's like right early now. morning. You're, you're not a flame, but it's just it's close <laughs> enough. He's got to get to okay. work. It's almost like he's avoiding you. You know, he's just got to get the fuck out. Of <laughs> yeah, there. yeah, yeah. So so he pulls away, not looking at you. Uh, drives past Cherry. Val just gives you the finger out the window. Uh, <laughs> And and he's gone. Oh, uh, Bell would Bell would honk in response to that, <laughs> just like bing, just a little bit. Startles Percy, who does not looking, but otherwise, uh, <laughs> you and Teddy now have a thing, whatever that is. Um, you get to go home. So you go home, uh, Val. You get to have your regular kind of relaxation, Doris. You got a chance at some some settling, some planning, writing out your agenda, Evangeline. You are ready to go have your shower and take advantage of that full extra hour you get uh, when the sun is rising. Only to discover that you no longer get that hour. Uh, You, because of your change in humanity, it crashes down on you even faster. So you end up falling into bed in full uniform and falling into torpor. As everyone does through the regular day. It's not like a medical thing. It's just you've got your vampire sleep without that extra hour which has been lost. So I imagine that works on the other end too. No. I can no longer rise one hour. You still rise an hour early. Oh, I still rise an hour early. You just fall at the exact time uh, where it normally would. But we rewind a few minutes for my boy Everett, who has been left, uh, finished with his paperwork. He's sitting there. And the only other person in the building who like opens the door to the office and comes on out is like, well, that was a bit of a shit fest of a day, wasn't it? Yeah, a little bit there, uh, Bart. Hey, how you, how you holding up? Uh, I mean, all things considered, probably pretty fine. I kind of went through the ringer there for a little while and still here. God, it's only been four fucking days. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a job, all right. Uh, and he's going to lock the door that leads to the stairs and upstairs and look around to make sure nobody's around and be like, so you didn't tell anybody that you're not supposed to be the sheriff, right? That you're just some guy. Uh, sorry, say that again. Well, you know, I, you know, I told every, oh my God. You know, I told everybody that you were always supposed to be the sheriffs when you drove into town, you were definitely the sheriff. And I said, don't tell people that you're just some guy. And then we made you the sheriff. Right. Yeah. You didn't tell anybody you're just some guy, right? Uh, no, Bart, I haven't said anything like that to, to anyone. Okay. Cause that's fine. The dead thing is unfortunate, but it's not going to. It's not going to fuck us over completely. Okay. So I got everything ready for the children. A little stuff for you to look at tomorrow. Is there anything else you need me to prepare? Um, yeah. Yeah. If you could uh, put together uh, just a file on Tostarosa himself. Runs the, runs the spa out of town there and definitely has his finger on the pulse of what's going on here. I'd like to yeah. get a better idea of who that man is and who he, what kind of circles he runs in. Yeah, I'll label a folder that'll say Toaster Rosa. Um, I'll see, but it sounds like he's a vampire, and that tends to be like your side of the business. I'll do what I can. I'll do what I can. I gotta go sleep for my like good forty minutes before the day crew gets here. So you can have the office, I guess, or are you gonna sleep in the basement? I'll uh, 
I'll I'll take the basement in case you need the office for uh, your day shift. Uh, you enjoy those forty minutes there, Bart. You you really earned them. Oh fuck! I gotta work again tomorrow. Uh, and he just staggers into the office, and you get to go down <laughs> and crash. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi there, I'm Tom McGee, and I love stories. And odds are, if you're listening to our shows, you do too. So, if you're wondering how you can help support our storytelling and world building and these wonderful characters and their sometimes ridiculous journeys, you can head on over to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. There you'll find a variety of different levels and different perks starting from as low as a dollar, which gets you into our Patreon-only Discord where you can talk about the latest episodes, all the twists and turns, and just generally hang out with some truly lovely people. There's a whole variety of levels with everything from advanced episodes, ad-free feeds, to of course at our $25 level getting to create your very own character who appears in some of our shows and sometimes becomes a a long-running friend or foe of our characters. So, if you want to get involved, if you want to help us tell more of these stories, then head on over to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. And help us create more of these fun adventures together. The next morning, Evangeline... You get your ride in with Val. I'm imagining with not much said the night before and Teddy definitely avoiding you. Not not much else was said in these mornings. Yeah, Will has been right. working, Val, so there's not a lot of interaction at home. You know he's been there. You can see the boxes of food and other things. But unsurprisingly in this community, he's doing the gas station that's open at night. And it does tend right. to exist in kind of one half or the other of the city. Doris, it is a new day, which means it is time for a new tarot reading. Wonderful. Wits uh, plus a cult. Yes. <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, we are doing, okay, six. Oh, no. Oof. That's uh, two successes. Two successes. Yeah. This is an image of a porcupine. Awesome. The porcupine, however, is dead. Oh, so no. it is. The full spiky back of a porcupine leading into a skull and little bone arms at the bottom laid on the ground. So at a glance, just a regular porcupine, but upon further glance, something more horrifying underneath. Oh, the porcupine is me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um... She she takes it and uh, she positions it uh, under like a small, there's like a small slot um, by her window um, like that the shades are drawn under and she slides under the slot to be like cleansed by the sun when the sun reemerges <laughs> um, because that's not a good, that's not a good sign. I like that a lot. A quick question, knowing that you've kind of been 
accreting cards in your hat and elsewhere, do they end up back in the deck every morning? Do you put them back or do you just take cards with you and they end up back in the deck without you doing anything? They end up back in the deck, whether she knows how or remembers how. Mm. I like that a lot. I like yeah. It's like one in five may get itself back there, but four of them is just her doing it. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. Evangeline, in your morning, uh, normally when you were with Teddy, you would have a breakfast of some kind. Do mm-hmm. you maintain that ritual for yourself or do you just stick to rations in the morning? I, I realized I forgot to ask. Um, ooh. No, I... Th- uh, she's still she's still gonna go for food. She's still she's she has routine, regardless of whether Teddy's there or not. She's gonna eat what she's always eaten in the morning. Can I still eat food? That is a good question. So at Humanity Eight, you discover that you can drink liquids. You can drink and taste liquids, no problem. Mm-hmm. However, food is now a problem for you. Um, you need to take a composure and stamina test difficulty three to be able to keep it down and digest it. This is a little bit of homebrew because they say you can just have liquids and then three humanity levels later, you can only keep food in you for an hour and it's not clear just for anybody who's a rules person at home. But yeah, so composure plus stamina. Composure. And you have one hunger die. Everybody does. Oh, wait, so this is two attributes. Yes. Interesting. Okay. Because it's your physical body battling the food as opposed to like your willpower. You know, you can't will your way out of being nauseous sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, that is three successes. There you go. That was difficulty three. So you do manage to just keep it down and digest the food. So you successfully have breakfast. But I'm on guessing your way it's, a, it's a bit of a different experience right yes very much so so you're realizing that the cost of walking down this path okay and you do not know if you can walk back up it uh that is something that you can look into should you so desire not saying that's at the top of your mind okay then evangeline so she like gets the food down like like it wasn't the normal satisfying so she like goes to the that fridge that's in the basement that has like the rations and just opens it up and stares at the blood for like a good five minutes and then the fridge door starts beeping and she closes up and goes upstairs (laughs) yes then you have your drive into work with val everett you awake in the building uh probably coming up around the same time as Doris, but it's your first night is uh, you've been officially signed in as sheriff. Everyone seems to have accepted you in this position. You're not having pushback from the team. Every time there's a new manager in a workplace, they always have a weird morning meeting or some other way they like to start the day. When you come down, Barty's like, all right, you gotta, you gotta take over. I, I got some stuff for you in a minute, but you start the day the way you want. And the team enters. How do you want to start your day as the sheriff? Uh, good evening, everyone. Um, look, uh, uh, Bart's left uh, some stuff for us. Uh, uh, he mentioned also kind of putting the uh, Children of Lilith case up on the board. I think we should have a look at that and then uh, start talking about maybe getting out into New Haven and 
starting our investigation proper. No, no more getting caught on the back foot, right? We want to want to be proactive here. Mr. Fry. Uh, yes. Uh, officer Barber, I see your hand raised there. Yes. Um, yes, sir. Uh, uh, complete agreement to that. And also, um, speaking of back feet, um, I will find myself perpetually on them if we do not do something about the pyramid in New Haven, because I don't think that they know that I'm here, but if they find me, I'm going to be a dead porcupine. <laughs> the, the pyramid. Okay. Right. We're staying okay, at a well. hotel and I'm not allowed to burn it down, but I have a list of suggestions of other things that we could do. And she kind of like unfolds a, a scroll. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I will take those under advisement. Um, I'm going to need a rundown on who or what the pyramid is. Uh, then we're going to do a magical fast forward yeah. <laughs> where Tom is told Doris exactly what the, like Tom had a session to, with, um, with Claire to talk about exactly what it is. The pyramid. Uh, so in the traditional Camarilla thing, I'll just do this quickly. Uh, there were a bunch of different clans, as you know, the major ones that you're all a part of. And there were the Tremere's who stumbled upon being vampires magically. Uh, they did a bunch of toxic things, but it was like, if you were a vampire magician, you were a part of the pyramid, you were blood bonded in, or they killed you. So they were just like the magical monopoly. Uh, however, Doris escaped them for centuries because Doris, uh, A, fled the group. Uh, and be worked for Cleopatra. So she just kind of got a pass because Cleopatra was so powerful. Uh, but the pyramid died, like it basically imploded in 2008. But there's a new pyramid in town of Dylan Zane and the others who have stated that they are the pyramid are moving in. They were sent by Tosta Rosa. Uh, you now know Dylan Zane, who is their leader, is involved with Harv and right, Zanies. Okay. Uh, and that is kind of the catch up. So they wanted Doris forever. They just haven't been able to get her. And now they're in town. So it's very bad for me, sir, as you can tell, not to make this about me, um, but I would like to remain not alive, but here. Right. No, I, I understand, uh, Doris. That is quite serious. Um, perhaps uh, going forward until we find a more permanent solution to that pyramid situation, uh, maybe don't go out alone I maybe uh yeah that's a good point or... this is this is where I'll step in so we got a new uh, department policy during the daytime that I think you guys should take at night which is uh, okay go out in groups of four if you, if you go out solo you get kidnapped you guys split up for that band thing Evangeline got kidnapped you went to the hospital and you were separate ever got kidnapped no more kidnappings of the officers please go places together. Also, other than Doris, I don't know why none of you have fucking cell phones, so I got your cell phones. Uh, and he hands these out. So Evangeline, Everett, Val, you all get a cell phone so you can actually try to keep in touch with each other when you're not in the same building. Anyway, it took me a while to find this, but I got it from the 80s. Uh, it's a pager that prints out whatever is sent to the pager. So we, Doris, this is for you. It'll give you paper notes. And Doris, if you need to talk to anybody else, Tell someone nearby and tell them to call the station, I guess, because fuck, that's what we got. The power of community. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and, then, uh, and then the other thing that I got for all of you, because 
Mr. Sheriff doesn't seem to know the laws. And it's been, you know, almost three months since the quarterly review. It's time for us, I am so sorry, to review the six laws of the Camarilla. And he just points to the corner. The and you all look at a corner. grown from Vail. <laughs> where you hadn't looked before. And there is a massive box. The same box that now all of you have known to dread. And the door kicks in. And uh, Alabaster Kane uh, bursts out saying, Hello, I'm Alabaster Kane, Camarilla lawyer. And I'm here to teach you the six Camarilla laws. Now, a lot of people would say, well, I mean, sit down, sit down, everybody. This isn't one of those uptight things. I'm Alabaster Kane. This is a gift for all of you. Uh, you've got your, your desks. How do you want to sit for Alabaster Kane's presentation? As Bell close is- and uncomfortable to him as physically possible. <laughs> I like that. Doris, you can pull up a chair and sit next to him. <laughs> like and she's just going to stare up at him. Oh, I love that. On the floor, maybe then, or on a chair? Yes. Okay, so cross-legged on front the front row kids show. Yep. Oh, I love that. Belle is going to turn a chair around and lean her arms on it and then her head on her arms, the br- <laughs> broody backwards chairing it. Nice. Um, Evangeline just sit, uh, <laughs> she pulls out her phone. She sits, but she pulls out her phone and just starts seeing what apps are on it and then starts <laughs> downloading a bunch of like stupid games. And the Wi-Fi is surprisingly good here which does hurt your heart a little bit because you know it was bad oh. yesterday and Teddy came in and beefed up the system. <laughs> mm. Mm. Ouch. Everett, how are you sitting for this? Everett is sitting at a desk with a pad and, pa- <laughs> like, pad and pen. Like, this is important information and someone is just finally being upfront about how this all <laughs> fucking works. Like, thank God. <laughs> like, I love this guy. Alabaster Kane, <laughs> my new favorite person. All right, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm so glad you're all here and so attentive. Points at Doris. Unlike some people, points at Val, who he has like an ongoing feud with. Mm-hmm. So there are really technically only six laws, but you know, it's all about the subtleties. It's all about the subtleties. But let me walk you through what these six are so you remember. The first law is maintain the masquerade. If you don't maintain the masquerade, the penalty is death. But we're in New Haven, which just means maintain the borders of New Haven. If somebody comes in and finds out about vampires, they live here now. (laughs) If somebody tries to spread the truth to outside the town, we have to kill them. It's real basic. That's number one. Number two is the right to a domain. Am I right? Points to Val. Exactly, I am right. Thank you, thank you. Evangeline Evangeline raises her hand. What's a domain? Yes, so what this means is a prince or princess can run the city, but you can be given a part of it to rule over. So we've kind of said that everybody's domain is their own house, blah, 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 all that kind of crap. And then, uh, you know, important people can give additional domains, which is why we know the clan leaders are ruling over of the big four, their various quarters. And the Tremere got some because Tosta Rosa gave permission, all that kind of thing. So right now, technically, the prince is a balance between the sheriff and Tosta Rosa, who managed to get the council's backing. 
Now, the third one is progeny. Do you know what progeny means? He points to Doris. Um, Doris does. Uh, and, yeah, so progeny yeah. just means uh, if, you like create a, if you create a vampire, any laws they break, you're also to blame for. Right. And you can't create a new vampire without the blessing of the, the prince or princess of the region, which you so answer. Did Evangeline raises her hand again. So did the asshole who turned me, they didn't have permission. That's correct. If that's correct, I don't know your case. Uh, if that's yeah, correct. It's correct. Yes. Then that's why they were sentenced to death and I'm willing to bet they're dead, aren't they? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because Ed, the penalty in every law is pretty much death. That's the Camarilla. So they have to get permission. Now, obviously, Tostarosa isn't going to take meetings on this. So that's also a sheriff problem here. So if anybody wants to make a new vampire, they have to come talk to you. Or if they did it, it's a crime. And most crimes are punishable. And he waves his hands towards all of you. Fucking die. I did. <laughs> All right, I'd, I'd like the accuracy, if not the enthusiasm. <laughs> I like, can't tell if like Val's like, response was like about the question or just to alabaster pain. <laughs> exactly. It's so beautiful. So That's number four gorgeous. is number four is the accounting, which means you're responsible for your kid. Three and four kind of similar laws. Number five, hospitality. If you go to a new area, you have to present yourself to the prince or the princess, which again, Tostarosa isn't here. So if any new vampires come to town, they have to come see the sheriff. If they don't, they, to quote Val, fucking die. <laughs> and destruction. Meaning only the prince or princess can decide what vampires get destroyed. But Tostarosa isn't here. So it's up to the sheriff and due to Cleopatra, and we had long discussions that got really into the weeds, let me tell you. Uh, the deputies are also allowed to make that choice when there is imminent risk of loss of life or unlife. So I can decide if someone dies, if my life is in danger because of it. Yes, or if anyone else's life is in danger. That's your job. Fascinating. But if anybody disagrees, for example, the sheriff, then you broke the law. And she just gives a very long turn to Everett and just kind of studies his face for a second. You and can't then, see it. He's looking down. Just <laughs> okay. his hat. Yeah. Okay. And then she looks back. And those are the six laws. You're welcome. I am Alabaster Kane, Camarilla lawyer. Also, people aren't allowed to eat people in town. There's a couple of New Haven things, but those aren't real laws. Those are just functional bylaws. <laughs> I'm not going to teach those. interrupts him with the slow, loud clap, like four. <laughs> ah, thank you, thank you. Anyone else? He looks around uh, at the other three of you. I would like to hear those bylaws. <laughs> Says Everett as, like, flips over a fresh page of paper. <laughs> Well, I mean, all right, I'll give you, like, the, the big three, all right? This is what you're getting, because I'm not wasting my time. I'm an expensive lawyer. <laughs> Vampires can't eat anyone in town because they're being provided with blood. Vampires can't kill or eat other vampires, even for fun, because it starts to, like, get 
for lack of a better term, a little bit fucky. If people are just eat, drinking each other's blood and trading blood and it gets weird. Uh, and the third one is no vampires can just leave town and kill people. Everybody's got to stay in here. Obviously, there are exceptions. Kai and Bear have been traveling, which is legal, and been attacked by the Second Inquisition so many times. So many t- They do not care for your false arrests, Officer Miller. Third, yeah. Now, finally, she flips them off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, fuck you, too, and you'll lose in court again. Uh, but they, they're they innocent, despite the slander of this department. Uh, that's that's about it. And you've got an emergency fund to help pay for damages that you're doing, but don't let that shit run out. Right. Uh, well, thank you very much, Mr. K. All right, you're welcome. And with that, I bid you adieu. And he reaches down and picks up the, the door to the wooden box, puts it back, turns to Barty and says, you mail it, it's your problem. And he just walks out, as he always does. For for Barty to get him here for like 20 minutes that that took plus the box, this was a very expensive corporate training <laughs> exercise. And you can see the weight resting on Bart's invisible uh, and very rounded shoulders. <laughs> I feel like that meeting could have been a scroll. <laughs> All right, so you got your refresher. Now we've got. I figured you'd probably want to see one of the children of Lilith scenes, unless. And he leans over to Everett. He just raises a hand to whisper in his ear. Unless you wanted to, to talk to Evangeline in the interrogation room. Uh, yeah, I, I did want to personally check in on her. Uh, All right, Evangeline, get into the interrogation room. There's uh, questions what? for you. God, get in there. Why? Jesus. I filled up my report. You did good. Everything go, go. is correct. I'm so tired. <laughs> I can tell. Uh, Evangeline, I just want to have a quick chat with you privately. That's all. Okay. Right. Oh, fuck. Fine. She just gets up and walks to the first interrogation room. Do we have more than one? There's only one. Yeah, okay. <laughs> There's just the one. So you go in, Everett, do you follow? Yep. The moment the door closes, <laughs> Bart turns to the other two. He says, hey, you two, you want to watch? Because <laughs> he has the two-way mirror and the intercom is into his office. Val looks at Doris. <laughs> I was thinking that uh, we could chat, Val, but... If you prefer to engage in gossip, then perhaps it's good to know the secrets that our compatriots have. <laughs> I can't look at I can't is, look at any of you while I'm talking. <laughs> is, it, is it gossip if you're just literally spying on someone? <laughs> is it, it is. is it, it is. Talk about it later. Yeah. Is it rumor mongering if you know word for word what <laughs> the third party said? <laughs> In her world, absolutely. <laughs> Belle just shit. No, you enjoy Barty. Listen, I'm only watching for HR reasons. Uh, and he goes in to close the door because he did see Everett try to eat someone and he doesn't know if Everett's had reasonable <laughs> HR training. So he's going to do that. Nice. So Everett and Evangeline, you have your moment. I attack and eat Evangeline. 
I'm kidding. Excellent. <clears throat> the darkest turn. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, Evangeline is is Evangeline sitting down at the table, or is she kind of like still feeling like she's uh, being ganged no, up? No, because or she doesn't want this to feel edge. like an interrogation. Like right, that, it okay. would be weird to sit down. Okay. <laughs> Everett um, will uh, will come in and he'll uh, just lean up against the the glass. Not not like intentionally trying to block anything, but just like the just up against the mirror, arms crossed, just leaning up against the wall. Uh, and he'll say, um, "Officer Clark, uh, you know you you you've been through quite a lot these uh, past few days, and I'm sure you filled out your report." just fine as you said but uh you know with just how things went yesterday with uh i suppose that was your husband um just wanted to check in on you and see if you're doing all right um yeah i i honestly i'm embarrassed that everyone saw that so thanks for bringing it up well, I can super. I can understand that I would be, feel embarrassing, but I want you to know I, there's no judgment from here. From me, I I don't think uh, Val uh, Officer Miller thinks any less of you. And yeah, I wouldn't care if any of you did. Well, that's good. That's good to know too. Um, look, uh, I'm also bringing in here to ask if. Uh, this is still something that you want to do, you know, this job. Give me an alternative. I don't know what alternatives you have. Um, seems like you have a husband who loves you very much. Have you talked to him about alternatives? Um, I mean, the alternative is I could, you know, go home and I guess sleep all day, watch TV all night. And repeat. Right. I don't know about you, but I like that's just that just feels like us, you know, dying again. So. Huh. I I, I see. Um, all right. Uh, just one other thing. Uh, I wanted to I wanted to know your opinion on. Uh, how I'm doing as uh, the new sheriff. No, uh, you know, this is off the record. No one, I'm not going to hold it against you. You can feel free to take the gloves off. You know, I would actually love to be able to tell you, but these past few weeks have been so fucked up. I have no idea how you're doing. <laughs> Yeah, me neither. I don't know how I'm doing. I don't know how anyone's doing. Well, maybe that's something we can keep an eye out for mutually uh, as these next nights come come on. Sure. All right. Well, come on. We got a lot of work to do tonight. And we rewind exactly that much time. <laughs> Doris and Val outside. Uh, what are you guys talking about? 
Bella crosses her arms and turns to Doris and, okay, what do you want? Oh, I just, I, I feel like uh, we need to be connected as a team. Okay. And you feel very far away. Um, how do we fix that? Well, there's always room for more hugs. <laughs> you, uh, <gasps> you want a hug? <laughs> no. <I'm> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God, Doris is precious. So, so professional. goddamn good. Oh That's the most um, I expected always. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, I just want to let you know that uh, uh, you can have one whenever you want. And it's not afraid. You shouldn't be afraid to ask. You're very terrifying looking. But I have a feeling you're not very terrifying under your porcupine spikes. I, um, thanks, I guess. Like, yeah. And that's when the interrogation door <laughs> opens and Everett and Evangeline step back out to join the group. And you're all ready to talk to Barty to see what calls have come in by day uh, or, or early this evening to determine exactly where you need to go. When both of the, the, the front doors of the station open and two very well-dressed, very formally-dressed delivery men walk in and set down a marble pillar. And on top of it, they set a green box that's elaborately wrapped with, with a red bow. And they put a card on top of it. And they both turn and raise their hands simultaneously and say, a gift! And they both turn and exit. What do you do? What? Will it explode? Hey. Has that happened before? Bella just throws her hands up on that one. Just <laughs> um, can I cast um, uh, Sense the Unseen? Yes, absolutely. What does that <laughs> do mechanically for my brain? I believe it's like I can just sense if there's like magical shit going on. Yes, let's roll for it. Okay. Uh, that is what's plus aspects. So that's two, three. Okay. Um, I'm only rolling three dice. Can I, can I rouse? Yeah, you can surge for this. So yeah, you, okay. you can roll a die. Dope. I got a six. Great. So blood total stays the same and you get a fourth die for this one. Okay, cool. Uh, that's two successes out of four. Uh, you can sense magical energy around it, like it has been near magic, but there is no magic actually in this box. Okay, so like the people who were holding it were magical and it... Okay. Possibly or it's from people who are engaged with magic. Like it's it's the same way that Freddy, our dog, will get excited if we bring something from a pet <laughs> store into the house because it smells like other animals, even okay. though itself is not another dog. Cool. <laughs> so you see like, so for this visual, I think you see kind of um, Doris's kind of pinkish aura. Um, you see it kind of like flare up in her and then it disappears in her and it kind of flares up around the box for a second um and in that 
quick second, her other eye, like her good eye goes white as well. Um, and then it kind of settles back down and she just says, uh, it's perfectly normal inside, or at least, I, I mean, it might be a limb, but at least it's a non-magical limb. Oh, right. Uh, why don't y'all stay back? I'll, uh, I'll open it up and see what it is. Everett, you approach, and on top of the box, you see there is a card in an envelope. It is a triangular envelope, and on the front of it, it says Doris, written in flowery but professional handwriting. Oh. It's, uh, it looks like it's addressed to you, uh, Officer Barbara, courtesy of, uh, the pyramid, if I had to guess. Um, and... She scuttles up the wall and hangs off of the ceiling, like looking down <laughs> at it, just instinctively, as if it's like a bug retreating from the light. I, I technically, I think you have to down a vial and then do it, which is even funnier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you, you drink a potion and then climb the ceiling. Right. And right. Just watches you do this. Just okay. Uh, and he will open the the card inside in the shape of a pyramid in the exact font and style of the coolest business card from american psycho <laughs> there is a handwritten note or well first of all it's lettered it's just the signature that's handwritten and the letters just say doris you are invited to surrender to the pyramid and it's signed Dylan Zane. It's one of those signatures that looks almost fake because it's so clearly legible and perfectly scripted. Doris, you are invited to surrender to the pyramid. Dylan Zane. And she, and her eyes grow big and she just says, dead porcupine indeed. Well, you are upside down right now. Oh, no. And she, like, scuttles back down the wall. Um, and just kind of, like, she's she's kind of creeping towards the box in, like, a very kind of creepy animalistic way. Um, uh, um, if I might, if I may, Mr. Fry, open this. Uh, if you think it's safe, I mean, sounds like they're... A Tremere should open their own presence. Right. I guess I'll uh, take a step back then instead, huh? And she doesn't answer. She's just going to open the box. Yeah, and every backs away. So Doris reaches out and takes the lid of the box and removes it. And a spring goes off and confetti shoots everywhere. And flying towards Doris's face at the end of the spring is a big piece of paper that says, we saw your news conference. We're keeping an eye on you. And at the end of the spring are two severed human eyes and a human tongue thrusting directly towards her face. 
This episode of Blood and Syrup features the voices of Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Claire Blackwood at Claire Blackwood on Twitter, Del Borvik at Deltastic on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, and storyteller Ryan Laplante at The Ryan Laplante on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and Blood and Syrup's artwork was created by Del Borvik at delborvik.com. That's D E L B O R O V I C. Our theme songs are What's Really Going On Right Now by Chase Allen Willis and Traffic by Kai Engel. And our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J A H Z Z A R. All of their music is available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com, our Twitter and Instagram at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We also have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Sleep well, my kindred. Sleep well in this world of darkness. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Sammy Boy, Orion Birchfield, Scott Garland, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Acrix, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Austin Nut Powers Fry, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Roman Brown, Shulzari, Christian Mendez, Spot Allen, Flynn1138, Alorain Okapi, OMG It's Big Nick, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.